And horror hounds. This is Brett from Dimension Z, joined as I am every week by Greg of the Dead. How you doing, man? Doing good. Also joined by Razor Rob. How you doing, dude? Hey guys, how's it going? Good. And you know what that means? It must be a Romero movie. No, not exactly. He was on Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. He was on Dream Warriors. He's got some variety to him. But he loves Romero. And it's all and I was also on my favorite movie that I watched this year, My Bloody Valentine. Yeah, he was yes. on My Bloody Valentine as well. But yeah, um, it's a Romero film. Uh, I, my bread and butter, zombies. What did we do last? We did night last because you guys did dawn, and then we yeah. did night for yeah. episode one hundred. Which, um, if I'm being honest with you, I would, I would honestly like to redo dawn oh. with both of you guys. We, we've talked about that. Yeah. Oh, don't worry. We want to destroy the first like ten episodes to <laughs> start again. Yeah. Don't worry. One day it's coming. It's like it's like me with uh, audio anxiety since we started the new uh, the new format. I want to like just go back and just delete everything that was just me rambling for three hours, but apparently people still like it. I think every podcast goes through that. Everyone hates their early stuff, but it's there. Whatever. Yeah. Except for the Kryptonaut guys. They love their uh, Vegetable Man episode, apparently, still. <laughs> but we're doing Day of the Dead from 1985, written and directed by Pittsburgh's hero, George Romero. Yeah. Uh, look, I know we say it every time we touch Romero, but hometown pride makes me feel good. I love Romero so much. He makes me so happy. I love this trilogy so much. It's, I wish that he could have made another movie in the 80s before it went to, like, what was it, 2005 with Land of the Dead? Uh, I think Land of the Dead was 2005 or 2006, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was, because no joke. I was watching this the other day, and Anna woke up and, like, watched the rest of it with me. And she was asking, she's like, well, what, how's this one related to this one? I... Literally at the end of my notes here, there is a chart drawn out that is a graph of the Romero and then the Russo split and where everything went and like no joke, like a diagram that I've drawn. So yes, uh land was the next one. Yeah, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Yeah, it's it's night day night, dawn, day, land, diary survival. Yes, yeah, which correct. those other two people never mention. Diary of the Dead's actually one of my favorites. I have oh, that no. one actually. I found it at Goodwill. When we do it, we'll bring you back on for yeah, it. I, there's so many memories of that movie that just... Uh, anyways, let's get back to the movie we're talking about, though. Is it fair to say one of the most famous zombies, not even necessarily zombie movies, but zombies, comes from this? Oh, I, Bob? I, yeah. Bob? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Okay, I just want to check, because I think, when you think of iconic zombies, there's a, a few that pop up. Bub's always in that conversation, I feel like. And I remember I used to hate Bub. I used to be what? like, oh, it's so stupid. That fucking, the zombie has a gun and he's not just trying to eat everyone. And that was me in like middle and high school. And now I'm like, I love Bub. He's like my favorite. From the first time I've seen this, uh, kudos to my mom again. Like, you know, the past couple of movies I've been on uh, really got me into horror movies. But like she, the opening scene, uh, when we get to the opening scene of this movie, I'll, I'll explain. Like she has like lingering nightmares from that scene. She she got me. To, I always loved the idea of like training a zombie to like not want to eat you, like want to be your servant. So like Bob always fascinated me. Yeah, what I think is awesome about this trilogy is 
When you think trilogy, you think the character's coming back. It's not that. It's just the trilogy of the world after the first zombie apocalypse. Which mm-hmm. is genius, because you're getting all these little glimpses of what's going on all around the world as the decades go by. It's not following Barbara from night like oh, till now or anything like that. It's, you know what I mean? I love Romero did that. He was smart enough to know. No, let's be honest. It's The people weren't even the focal point of a lot of these movies. It's the world around them. Yeah, it's it's how the people develop to deal with the situation that they're put into and how the situation either progresses or regresses through the the, the three decades or the, whatever time span it is within between these three movies. It's also so amazing being from like how different the three movies are of like night. It's definitely, it's like more like, yeah, you see the zombies, but it's definitely more about like the people and their drama going on. Dawn of the dead's the big spectacle one of like, look, we got a giant mall and we can do backflips and have motorcycles and, bikers and shit and this one is like once again almost like it's this like small group of people stuck in this extremely claustrophobic area but the zombie effects and makeup are like the best that they will ever be oh yeah tom savini really nailed it out of the park on this one it's so hard to like think of what my favorite like savini makeup movie is this one might be it because there's so many like awesome little tricks like later on when the one zombie sets up all of his guts fall out and like just how different they all look it's like i love dawn of the dead but even he will say a lot of them i would just paint their face gray and the goat shoe it's not like that it's it's a lot of it like if you read if you read like the special commentary and like all the interviews he's done about this movie so they filmed in an in a converted mine shaft that was converted into underground storage in lawrence county um pa uh what was the name of the town i had it in my notes here wampum pa in lawrence county which is up north above pittsburgh um and it was so hard to keep everything fresh in like the humidity of the underground like area that they were filming in so it's it's even more insane to think about what he was able to do in this movie with the special effects because a lot of the stuff would just fail and like you'd have to constantly keep doing it well, speaking of the special effects, like, you guys unlocked one of the facts I was most excited to talk about, because I think it's genius, is the reason we get such good gore effects and everything, the studio's like, George, I know you want to work on your zombie trilogy, here's seven million to do it. And he said, well, what if we do it and we release it unrated and don't go through the MPAA? I know that's going to cost us money because certain theaters won't carry it, so what if I do it on a budget of three million instead of seven? And they went, okay, but you didn't have to worry about the MPAA at all. So that's why Savini kind of got to go wild on this one. Yeah. Good. It's not even like the big gory ones. It's like the subtle ones that really stand out to me. Oh, there's a super sad one in this one that I wouldn't expect to be sad. And it's the reaction to it that's the sad part. But we'll get there in a little bit. You guys ready to jump into this thing? Yes, let's record this fucker. All right. So it starts off with Sarah in this empty room. Just this very cold, clinical, white barren room with nothing but a calendar and she's marking off the last days of october staring at it and zombie hands break through the wall and grab her of course it's a nightmare it's such an iconic shot of all the zombie hands breaking through also you guys are probably like i am now where i've seen this so many times of i can now look and spot where the zombie hands are going to come out yes (laughs) i i still jump every time and this uh this scene my mom actually saw this in theaters she was underage and she went with my, my aunt and her then boyfriend at the time. 
So this this scene gave her nightmares even up to like the day that she had me in the hot in the delivery room in the hospital. She woke up in like a fever dream from like being in labor and it looked like the zombie hands were coming through the labor room wall. <laughs> like awesome. it yeah. My mom. See, cool. this was foretold from back then that you'd be on this one. Uh-huh. Yeah. Your mom just uttered, she's like throbbing. <laughs> Instead of thinner. Did you did you say did you say Robbie? Is, is that what you want to name him? Yes, yes, yes. I did not say throbbing. Because <laughs> she's actually in a chopper, and again, like you said, Rob, this was filmed in Pennsylvania, but the exteriors here were filmed in parts of Florida. The downtown scene that we we're seeing now was actually for, filmed in Fort Myers, Florida. Yeah, and they're flying the chopper over trying to find any survivors out there. I love this scene so much. Just, like, what the world's gone to. Because outside of a bank, you see, like, just bags of money, like, the wind carrying away because it's useless now. You see a fucking alligator in a doorway. I love it. I love the alligator coming out of the doorway, followed by the 500-pound zombie following him. (laughs) Oh, yeah, later. But yeah, I'd love, like you said, that thing of like, there's just money blowing around in the streets of even in Dawn of the Dead. They were like, still like, you never know. And they're like taking money and they're like smiling for the security camera. This one, it's like, it, I don't, you can't even wipe your ass with this shit. Nah. The, the one like zombie that gets me in like this opening scene before like the all the mass like mob comes out is there's just a dead decaying body and it has just white sand crabs crawling through the rib cage yeah. through the through the skull and stuff it's so cool and it shows you how much time has passed since the initial outbreak you know what else I love about Romero zombie movies is the differently dressed zombies. It's not Walking Dead where everyone's in some gray brown t-shirt and pants. You have marching band zombies, you have clown zombies, you have football player zombies. I love it. Oh, so do I. Of like sometimes they're just naked because maybe they got killed in their sleep and some people sleep naked. You know, they could have been in their bathtub. It's like, then, it's like in the first one there's the old lady in the uh, nightgown. <laughs> Think if it's early apocalypse before people know what's going on, you get bit by some crazy guy in the street, you're going home to shower. So a lot of people probably turned while they were naked. Yes. But Sarah's out with the bullhorn yelling, trying to call for survivors. Hello! Hello! Over and over. And eventually the horde starts forming and going towards them. And they get back in the chopper and take off. And so basically there's three crews at the base. And we're dealing with bits of all three right here. There's the chopper crew, the science crew, and the military. And Miguel, who's Sarah's boyfriend, military. Sarah, science, everyone else right here. Bill and John, chopper crew. Oh, Jesus, Mary and Joseph. And you just <laughs> mentioned Sarah, who is horror host royalty. She is the daughter of Chili Billy Cardilly from the original Night of the Living Dead, and he was Pittsburgh's very own horror host. I never knew that. Thank you. That's the first That's, one for me. Huh. Yes. I knew Chili Billy, how he was in Night of the Living Dead and everything in Pittsburgh's Horror House. I never knew that was his daughter. Yeah, it was like, I just learned that, I think this year, because I was watching Day of the Dead, and I was like, her last name is Cardilly. That's That's too much of a coincidence. Let's connect the dots. (laughs) My Horror House knowledge comes in again. But on the chopper ride back, Miguel's discouraged. He's, like, hopeless at this point. Also, we find out in a little bit, he's been awake for, like, 48 hours. Mm-hmm. And they land back at the base. So, 
they land, they leave the chopper upstairs, and they take this big, like, shipping elevator underground to their area. And so that's what's going on. They get there, and they see a new grave, though, and the Major died this morning, so there's going to be a big power shakeup once they get in there. Oh, yeah. And they're talking about, um, because there's all the zombies at the gate, and there's a couple of the military guys, I guess, just out there waiting for them. And I do not get why they don't just go ahead and fuel up the chopper, because I get it. Like, oh, they're too riled up, blah, blah, blah. You just flew in one of the noisiest machines that's ever been invented in front of these things. Do you think a couple people sitting over there, like, (laughs) just standing there filling it up for, like, oh, even if it takes 20 minutes or whatever to fill up a chopper, I have no idea. But that's going to be the least of their worries of the giant noise bird just landed in front of them. That's why they're riled up. Fill up your chopper because you may need to get out of there in the moment's notice. Right, it's not the giant noise bird, it's the whirly bird, because John flies the whirly bird. Yeah, John John even says, like, we should just get in and go and have a vacation in the sun, because one of these days we're going to have our head in the, head in the sand, and these, these zombies are going to just come up and bite us in the ass. Oh, John has the best idea of yeah. just, I don't even like the beach. In this instance, I'd be like, the beach is probably your best case scenario, because electricity doesn't really work anymore so i can't watch movies so we might as well go stare at the ocean they go underground and right when they get down there steel and one of the other military guys by the way steel if you've seen this movie but it's been a little bit is the man the big loud laughy man <laughs> gray scruff who <laughs> should have been played by big lebowski era john goodman and i think it yeah. is a crime that he was not when we when we get to the scene where I think that it would have been appropriate for Jesse to body Ventura, I'll explain why. And it's also okay. not like John Goodman in the 80s wasn't doing horror movies. He was in fucking Chud. Yeah. Dad, dad's a step up from that. A lot of steps up. Yeah. Um, Sarah also makes the comment when they're, I think when they're coming down, she makes the comment to steal that the uh, zombies are learning and they all laugh it off. Yeah, and they definitely can learn. But right when they get down there, Miguel's pulled to go get new zombies, like for what's it, Doctor Logan, aka Doctor Frankenstein. Well, you know. So the reason the military is here is they're guarding these scientists so they can try to find a cure or something out about these things. So the military will occasionally get new zombies. They have like a pen area of a ton of them in there. All right, now I do. You guys know about the thing of like between night and dawn, it's supposedly only a few months. Yeah. Even though it's drastically different. Is there any kind of, do we know how long it's been since dawn in this? Um, I don't they, think so. I've never yeah, heard. I don't think they don't ever really give you a timeline. Um, and I don't, I don't remember them ever saying anything in like this, like the commentary, the special features of like how much time has passed. The, no, that would be really interesting about to know. It. Yeah, even when they're talking about, it, like, Frankenstein's, like, would have been at the beginning. He doesn't say, like, ten years ago or anything. Right. So now they're going to get the new zombies for the study, and Sarah goes with him because she's like, Miguel should not be doing this. He's exhausted, and he's using the pole to grab one. He drops the pole, and it almost gets one of the other guys, but they take care of it pretty quick. But Steel freaks out and almost feeds him to the, one of the zombies, like, holding him over the pen and everything. They're, like, right at his hair, about to get him. I love all like so many of these guys overacting because it's not like Miguel's just frustrated and he's like fuck 
God damn it. Like doing it real in like a real way. He's like rubbing his face all dramatically. He's pouring with sweat. He's like doing dramatic, like leans against the wall. He's like, ah, <laughs> you almost killed Rickles, man. You almost <laughs> fucking killed Rickles. Oh, also, Rickles is so funny. I said, a little bit later inside, Sarah goes to give Miguel a sedative to make him sleep. I think he's at that point now where he's been so sleep-deprived, he's not going to sleep. And he's freaking out, doesn't want it. He's, he slaps her, she slaps back, they hug, and then she sedates him from behind. And he's offended by this after she stabs him with the needle. It's like, okay, I'm going to smack you as hard as I can in the face four times and then take one from you. Oh, I'm sorry I hit you. Let's be lovey-dovey. There's no reason you should sedate me, even though I just assaulted the living hell out of you. (laughs) The only thing you want to do is sedate me with this needle, and now I'm hugging you, and I'm going to act surprised when you stick me with it? Exactly. (laughs) Like, come on, man. (laughs) I think he's legitimately going, like, clinically insane from, like, sleep deprivation at this time, though, too. Yes. Well, maybe he's just afraid of Freddy getting him. Oh, no one's afraid of him. <laughs> this isn't Elm Street. What's the other scientist's name who isn't Frankenstein's hair? Oh, uh, Fisher. Okay. F- okay. Fisher's talking to Rhodes, who's now in command, and he won't improve the working conditions for the scientists. You know, the whole reason they're there. He's like, nothing is sanitary. Half the results we get are rendered useless because we can't be sure evidence gets contaminated, everything like this. He's not going to help any of it. He's like, you'll work with what we give you. Um, Sarah comes in, also getting yelled at by the new leader, Rhodes. Uh, she goes to leave, and we get the classic, yes, sir, fuck you, sir. There was, there's, They're also discussing how uh, Bill um, McDermott, the, uh, the radio guy from the helicopter crew, he's talking about how he can't get anybody on the horn. He's using World War, pre-World War II ham radios and, like, Steel's like, well, maybe if you lay off the booze, McDermott, maybe you could figure out how to work it. And he's like, well, still, I won't have to lay off the booze because there won't be any booze to drink anymore if we don't get the fuck out of here. But he's like, well, while there is still booze, I will continue to indulge while he's dumping his flask into his cup. I love that part. Uh, McDermott's like one of my favorite characters. I want to point out how smart they are at letting us know who's the good guys and who's the bad guys. Because yeah. all the bad guys are pervy and racist. I'm like, oh, yeah. bad guys. They um they should have really let us know who the bad guy was, though, by having uh, Romero should have called a certain uh, front man from a certain punk band, and he should have played Rhodes. God damn it, Sarah, tonight. <laughs> you will give me the skulls of the zombie in your oh. research. Whoa! That's a I shoehorn in Danzig sometimes. That's a hell of a shoehorn. <laughs> Rhodes, the dude that plays Rhodes looks like pre or Sam Hain era pre Danzig Danzig. He he would have been perfect. Little bit. I could see it. I completely hate Rhodes so much. <laughs> but He's one of my favorite characters because anytime Joe Pilato's on screen, he's shouting and screaming. First, he says he doesn't have the equipment he needs. Now you're saying you don't have what you need. Man, he, I, I despise him. I fucking yeah. hate him. But oh, for, in the best way, because he's the most punchable face 
every time he talks and is on screen. For real, just tell me you wouldn't want to just beat the shit out of this guy. And I'm like, he's doing so good. I'm sure he's a lovely man. I'm sure he's a nice guy. I'd shake his hand if I met him. But him in this movie, you just want to, you just want to feed him to Bub. I also love how he has pistols on, like, he has that, like, oh, he's... thing, and he has them on both sides of his, like, waist. So he mm-hmm. thinks he's all badass looking. For, uh, for the Metal Gear Solid fans that might be listening to this, he's he's rocking that uh, uh, revolver ocelot look with the the dual the dual revolvers, the the like crossed um, bandolier of like uh, forty four shells. <laughs> but next, Sarah goes to see Doctor Logan doing his research. We oh. see Bub. We're not introduced to him yet, but Doctor Frankenstein. If I say Logan or Frankenstein, it's the same guy, people. But. He has the Major's corpse, and he's experimenting on it. He's like, oh, they man. are going to kill you if they find out about this. When when he's using the electricity, the, pu- the puppet, the, like, um, the, like, and the nervous ends in the brain, it makes me, it, I get a, you get a little giggle out of me every time it, it, it's on the screen. No, like, no joke. Like, he's making it, like, look like actual Frankenstein, like, walking yeah. towards somebody. Yeah, I, I, I chuckle or giggle every fucking time. <laughs> oh, and you know no. this is just Savini having the best time of his life, being like, you mean I get to, like, make all of these cadavers in different ways? I could just make a brain thing? Awesome! Here's the thing you gotta remember. He's given a lot of dialogue about zombies, and, like, they don't even need a digestive system, but they still hunger, all this kind of stuff. We know at this point, so you're like, okay, yeah, we get it. But look, Night of the Living Dead didn't come out until 68. This is only 85. Mm -hmm. So, like, we haven't really had a huge exposition on zombies like this. So this is really setting a lot of groundwork that we take for granted now. Because he's like, look, it doesn't matter. Because I can remove every bit of organs from him. The food won't nourish him. He's still hungry and just wants to eat. And, like, like, it all comes from the brain. They don't need heart. They don't need lungs, anything. The brain's all that powers them. But this is also this isn't this right around too where um because I know like uh when they were in the mines getting the new zombies there's the one zombie that has the hat on and they knock his hat off beef treats no oh, uh, yeah beef uh, treat zombie yeah the hard oh, hat okay yeah, yeah hard hat met him oh really yeah he was at that very first comic con I ever went to where I was there for like two hours and then I left to go get subway and mm-hmm. on my way back I got in a horrible car accident. I remember oh, yeah, he, was, he was at that one. Yeah, it was right. Yeah. But, so yeah, we're introduced to Frankenstein here. And then they have the meeting that uh, Rhodes told Sarah it was mandatory for everyone to be at at 7. Yeah. Everyone's there except for Dr. Frankenstein. And I'm running this monkey show now. And he's power tripping pretty much here. <laughs> I'm running this monkey f- this monkey farm now, Frankenstein! <laughs> well, my my favorite line from this meeting. Also, we get a Greg uh, Nicotero cameo in this meeting. He, he plays Johnson, the uh, special effects artist from The Walking Dead. Oh, nice. He, my favorite line from this entire meeting is, This ain't a goddamn field trip! This is a fucking war! And we're <laughs> losing! <laughs> Alright, time to talk about subtle genius things. Rhodes is clearly the most, Hey, we're still the military out of everyone here. Even the other military guys, you know? Yeah. Everyone else, you see him growing weed up top. Like, they're all long hair, unshaven, everything like this. If you look at Rhodes, still clean-shaven to a T. He is still in that mindset, the world's fine, we're just on the mission. I just think that little subtle touch is really smart. Oh, yeah. Because, like, Steele's wearing his hat on backwards and fucking around, smoking and shit. Yeah. Rickles has a full beard. 
Yeah. He, he, he looks like an Appalachian mild, m- mountain man, just came out of the woods, no haircut, full beard. Like, yeah, uh, um, Johnson and Torres, they all have long, like, below their shoulder. Rhodes has, like, the, like, military, like, guidelines, like, long hair. It's, like, just below his chin. And it's, it, it's like, um, combed back constantly. But if you notice, he starts going on about, like, it's, we're going to leave you all down here to rot. We're going to take off and shoot every last one of them. And right then is when Frankenstein decides to join the mandatory 7 o'clock sharp meeting. He goes, where would you go? As he's walking in and sits down and goes, is there food? I haven't eaten yet. Like, he's the most chill. He's being screamed at by this madman with all the guns. And, he's like, and he comes over like, you're late, Frankenstein. goes, yeah, sorry, I didn't see the time. Is there food? Just keep saying over and over again. Is there food? I'm running this monkey farm now, Frankenstein! Because uh, it's so great how Frankenstein walks in though, so nonchalantly, and like he owns the place. Because right before all this was the big standoff between Rhodes and Sarah, where oh, yeah. Sarah gets up the storm away because she's like, I'm done with this bullshit. And Rhodes is like, I will have you shot if you don't sit the fuck down. And she's like, bullshit. It's like, steal, shoot her. Bang! You're dead. <laughs> Bang! You're dead! <laughs> and then Rhodes pulls the gu- pulls one of his pistols out and names it steal. And he's like, no. I, I You have the account of five to steal her. And you're already missing one and two. Three. It's a very intense moment. Yeah. And this is the first one of the first times that um I know it's uh John and who's the radio dude? Bill. Bill McDermott. I actually do anything to kinda help stand up because everyone has guns, so Sarah kinda runs to their side and they're like, You're losing your minds. Like, put the fucking guns down. Yeah, but she does finally sit back down, that's when Frankenstein comes in. Oh. And he's like, I say we go up they're like, What's your plan? Where would you go? And he's still trying to make excuses for his plan. He goes I'd shoot every one of them. He goes, the time for that would have been at the beginning. This kind of gives us a little bit of where we're at in this whole zombie outbreak. He goes, they, what does he say? They outnumber us 40,000 to one at this point. I think so. It's either 40,000 or 4,000. I can't remember the exact It's one of those. Yeah. But so he's like, yeah, you're not going to have any of that happen. And I'll ask again, is there food? (laughs) He just won't (laughs) let up on it. And then this is where he's also starting to talk about, like, all of his progress. And Sarah knows what he's trying to do. Where she's trying to cure the thing. And Frankenstein is trying to, like, almost tame them. Where it's like in Shaun of the Dead, all of a sudden they're like those sharp, uh, the shopping cart people. (laughs) Well, he says he's trying to find ways to make them behave, is what he's saying. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Sarah's trying to find a cure. I think she's trying to find a way to like mass eradicate. Not so much cure, but like find more s- practical, regardless. Yeah, compared to taming. Yeah. But later, Sarah's has a nightmare about dead Miguel, and this scene is haunting oh. because it's like yeah. one of those zombies she saw in Frankenstein's lab, where the insides are all like stretched and stapled open. But she has it. He turns over, and his guts fall out. It's gross. Yeah, it's a, like the second time they did the exact same kind of special effect thing in this movie, but I love it so much. I'm like, do it again. The when when the when it happens with Miguel compared to the zombie, because like you know it's coming with the zombie, you, it, the chest cavity's wide open and stuff. You don't know it's coming with Miguel until he rules and it happens. Like 
there's there's a lot of times if I'm not paying attention, it happens. Like I just like happen to look up and see it happening in like real time. What for me not? I I do gag a little bit still. I I'm not afraid to admit that. Oh, it's <laughs> fucking nasty looking guts. Yeah. She ends up kicking Miguel out for the for the night, and then she leaves, and she's all mad. Runs into Bill in the hallway. He takes her to the rip, <laughs> which is the best thing. It's a little camper down on so, the bottom, where the chopper crew hangs out. So two two thoughts in this: um, Steel Johnson, Torres, and Rickles are all fighting, and they all like almost knock her to knock her hell out in the highway, hallway. And like that's where Bill catches her, like escorts her through, and he's like, "It's like you look like you need a drink here. It's brandy." And she's like, nah, no, I'm good. Love he goes, it's just brandy. It's just, <laughs> she's like, no, nah, I'm good. He's like, it's good for the heart. And she's like, it's shit for the heart and it eats your liver. <laughs> yeah, I love that line. And then she takes like a slug and then she does like a glug, glug, glug. <laughs> like she starts like half kind of chugging it. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, oh, okay. Now, you know, Jesus, man, Joseph, give me back my, give me back my flask. I love how he's like, he's like, I just filled this one and I have another one with me. <laughs> <laughs> and and when they're walking through the mine shaft to the Ritz, a bat flies by. Okay, and it, it, Bella, <laughs> it's the fakest bat ever. <laughs> no, you gotta see what we're doing next week for the fakest bat ever. But I know what you mean. <laughs> but like this thing, it's it's like the high the highest pitch bat noise that like played through a speaker, and it's on a line, and it goes through, and you're like, oh. <laughs> and it, it happens like three times in the movie, the same spot with the same bat. I'm just like, why? They keep what? interrupting Lugosi's sleep. What is he supposed to do? <laughs> Down there, John's talking about all the records they found, and basically it's a long way of saying what they're doing is a waste of time, mm-hmm. and sometime in the future, people are going to be going through their studies long after they're dead. Um, he uses a line here, this is a great big 14-mile tombstone. and This it's... is a great big 14-mile tombstone! And then it does like the big like echo throughout. So, um... Real quick, if you don't if you don't know my my thing, I, I do a radio, I do a music podcast called Audio Anxiety where we review uh, music. Um, there's actually a song title by a horror punk artist, uh, Shadow Windhawk, called 14 Mile Tombstone." And in the oh. song, he actually talks about when George Romero passed. He went to um, the viewing and the funeral. He was so inspired through his art from Romero. That uh, that's the name of the song that he wrote to honor George and the experience that he had watching him get laid to the ground. Oh, that's upsetting. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's a really good song, but yeah, it's for, it's called 14 Mile Tombstone." So this this line now, after you put that out in 2018, always stands out to me. Before it was kind of like a throwaway line, like okay, John's trying to make its point, but after after that happened, like it, it's an interesting line now to me. But. Sarah goes back up to the lab and Frankenstein's saying how they need to be rewarded for, or else there's no reason for them to listen. And he's making progress by rewarding them. We don't see what that reward is yet, but we'll figure it out. And that wasn't very nice. Think about what you've done. (laughs) (laughs) One of the zombies. (laughs) A hard hat zombie, yeah. Oh yeah, that's beef treats. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, because this is where, uh, she comes back up to Fisher and he's like, I've tried everything. They give us these these MRE beef things, beef treats, and they're, they're, they, won't, they won't eat it at all. But apparently, you know, 
Dr. Frankenstein's getting them to follow him. He, they're eating whatever they're, he's giving them. He's, he's going on this huge spill. And that's where B-Treat, I think he gets the name is the B-Treat zombies. And I love how Frankenstein's like, no, that's not very nice, is it? Now I'm going to sit, you're going to sit here in the dark and you're going to think about what you've done. And he like shuts off the light <laughs> and it's like, oh. And like, it gets really quiet and they're like, oh it's like, no. Oh, oh, I'm in trouble. Yeah. Um, back to this. Back to the scene with the Ritz. Um, John puts a religious twist on the whole zombie apocalypse. That's that comes up in every single dead movie. So just wanted to make note of it. Oh yeah, when hell is run out of room, the dead will walk on the earth. Yeah, we know. Oh, I love it, there also. He all he keeps talk. All John keeps talking about is like wanting to go to a beach, and he found the one giant beach picture, yeah. and he just sits in front of it in his lawn chairs. This is where we're introduced to Bub. Uh, Frankenstein's show and Sarah him and she goes watch watch they're behind glass like a mirror so he can't see them but he goes out and he gives Bub a toothbrush a razor and a book by the way book yes is Salem's Lot just yes. a fun little thing great Stephen nod King. and Bub's picking up things and Frankenstein's narrating to Sarah look he's doing things he remembers from when he was alive <laughs> he picks up the razor and starts shaving why wouldn't you take the blade out Frankenstein <laughs> <laughs> he's Start shaving his skin off of his face. Well, he's a I mean, he's a zombie. It's not like it matters, Greg. It's a smart pupil, though. He's got to keep yeah. people around. I love, though, because they're like, um, he remembers things from when he's alive. Because the first thing he does is pick up the toothbrush. He's like, Rah! and he throws it away. So I just love to imagine that whoever he was when he was alive is just like, I'm not brushing my teeth. And it's like <laughs> a sticking point in his mind for some reason. That even it's now, when he's, zombie, he's like, this bad. <laughs> <laughs> but he starts shaving himself, and then he goes, the razor and the toothbrush are things he's seen before. The book is new. But he picks up the book. I think it's upside down, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It starts, like, paging through it, but, like, he remembers this is what you do with a book. Well, I love he like He's, like, fumbling around with it, and then he opens it, and he sees the words, and it's almost like he has this, like, oh, moment of just, like, he's, like, blown away by it. And at this point, too, Rhodes and Steel have shown up, I guess, just checking in on things, and they're seeing this. And the doctor gives <laughs> Bob a phone. Say hello to your Aunt Alicia. Say hello, Aunt Alicia. Hello. <laughs> so, um, Greg knows. I have, a, I have an Aunt Alicia. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, this part always makes me laugh <laughs> because of that. It was so great because Rhodes comes in and Bub sees him and he like immediately straightens up and salutes him. And Frankenstein's like, oh, he must have been a military man when he was alive. Salute him back. See what he does. He's like, you want me to salute this thing? You want me to return a salute to this pus bag? And Bub, Bub is like, um, he takes it personally. Like he's, yeah. like, he's like, Rrr. but then Frankenstein salutes him. And he's like, oh, okay. But yeah, it's like, and then at ease, soldier, Bub like relaxes, and oh. then he he asks Rhodes, "Empty your pistol." Rhodes won't do, it, but he gives him another pistol, and he picks it up and points it at Rhodes. He goes, "I want to see what he does," and he does pull the trigger on him, and eerie foreshadowing for later. And it's great because Bub looks at the gun. He's like, "God damn!" Oh, yeah. And he tosses it down. He's like, "God damn it!" <laughs> He even like looks like where the 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 clip would go, and he's yeah. like, oh, and he like freaks out and throws, he like slams it down, and he realizes like, oh no, I'm in trouble. And he starts backing into like his like 
like where the chain is on the wall, like the containment area. Like, oh no, man, I'm in trouble. <laughs> I want to point out right here, especially because I know this is the one that everyone's like, oh, the Dead trilogy days not good. I disagree. I think days oh, yeah. fantastic. I love Dead, but if you do look at it compared to the other ones, it is very slow. I think a lot of that's the budget thing I talked about earlier, but. I don't know. I like seeing, like, yeah. this is what it's like. This explains everything like that. But I do get it, too. If you look at where we're at in the movie and how little we've actually seen happen, our Count of the Dead is still at zero at this point. You know what I mean? For a zombie and movie. For the longest time, this one was like, I would be like, oh, easily Day is my least favorite. I like it okay, but it's easily the one I watched the least. Now I kind of find myself popping this one in more than the other two sometimes. Day was, for the longest time, always my favorite until Dawn kind of took over. And do you want to know what Romero blamed the poor performance of Day of the Dead on? What? Oh, isn't there another movie that came out around the Yes, same there time? is. Was a little e. bit of party time. Oh, no, okay. came out. And Romero blamed Return of the Living Dead for the poor oh. performance of Day of the Dead. John Russo! <laughs> like he's two mortal enemies. <laughs> shaking his fist at the air. So it's funny you bring that up because, like, uh, when Call of Duty did the Call of the Dead uh, zombie map, where uh, George Romero is the big bad, like, of the Easter egg, and he runs around with his director's light, like, slamming you and spawning zombies. And, uh, Wait, there's was... a thing? Yeah, you never played it? <laughs> no. no. Oh, I, I said it. I sent the TikTok to the group chat the other day. I, probably, I thought it was a mod or something. I no, know. This, is, this is a legit map from Black Ops 1. <laughs> It's it's That's uh, amazing. It's just an old man with giant Coke bottle glasses chasing you. <laughs> yes, he's like he's like the size of the Incredible Hulk chasing you around with a director's oh, light. He should have been two feet tall. So I want to so, buy a new console just so I can play this. You only have to buy a three hundred and sixty. You're good. Oh but, holy um, shit! I have one. But um, so so it features also Michael Rooker, Robert Englund, Sarah Michelle Gellar, and uh. Danny Trejo is the like playable like characters that you fight the zombies with. So it's funny that you say like he blames Return of the Return Return of the Living Dead for the poor performance of this movie because when he signed off on that, he also signed off for he also got the rights for party time from Return of the Living Dead to be the trailer. Oh, that's um, awesome. Music for that the, the trailer for that zombie map. Huh, that's weird. That's a little yeah. cross-contamination. Get Goblin! True. The only reason I know that is because an old Monster Vision clip I saw with Joe Bob and Linnea Quigley <laughs> and they were talking about it. So yeah, I, I literally just sent that to the group chat <laughs> the other day. <laughs> well, where are we at here? Oh yeah, shooting Rhodes. That's where we were at. Yeah. And we cut straight to a meeting after this and Rhodes is screaming at the scientists uh-huh. after seeing what they're doing. This was supposed to knock my socks off. This better not be the progress you were talking about. <laughs> and then right after that, how I just said our count of the dead it still remained at zero is about to change because they're getting some more zombies out of the pen. One of the neck straps that they hold them with breaks and gets out, bites one of the military guys in the throat. Real nice gore rip right there. Also, number one, did these um, zombies just come from the sex shop? With they have all the leather straps and the hooks for people who like to have like the leashes put on them and stuff, or are they putting collars on zombies? I think they're collaring the zombies. <laughs> okay, so these aren't sex worker zombies. No, they're bringing okay. the zombies down from the top, 
collaring them and then putting them back into that section of the the mine facility with the whole like um you know uh the whole like uh come on give me the word the pen the pen yeah wow that's something we've never seen is a zombie done up and just complete like leather yeah we have land of the dead no, I'm talking about the Gimp from Pulp Fiction. Yes, there's a Gimp zombie in Land of the Dead. Uh, Land of the Dead barely counts. No, it counts. It we'll kind of. But yeah, the one guy got bit in the throat, and as he's going down, he, his finger goes on the trigger, and we had a friendly fire death, and Miguel is also bit in all the madness. Steel shoots the throat bite guy. How did and- that, how was, uh, how was that dude talking? It literally shows no like zombie ripping out his vocal cords from the throat bite. And he's and sitting he there knows. he's sitting there holding it like kill me still. Don't let me turn into one of them. Do it. Kill me. You know what's even weirder? Is they pay so much attention to that detail later on. It's weird that that slips yeah. by here. Yeah. This is where uh, poor Greg Nicotero dies too. He's the guy that gets shot in the friendly fire. Yes. But yeah, Miguel's taken off towards the Ritz and Sarah there's, runs after him and everything. There's and, that big ass bat again. Sarah knocks him out instantly. There, just picks up a giant ass rock and smacks him in the back of the head. I'm yes. surprised he didn't die from that. <laughs> exactly. Like she's like the bite didn't kill him. I murdered him before the bite could. Yeah, John just throws him in a bear hug, and she's just like. Like, what you would do to kill a zombie if it's, like, attacking your friend. Like, you just pick up this massive rock the size of, like, a base basketball. And just she just starts beating him on the back of the head till he passes out. And then they do a major thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, they cut his arm off. Which is a major thing that, like, you think about in zombie things. If you're bitten in the right area, if you cut your arm off, could it work? And they brought it back in Walking Dead where I believe they cut Herschel's leg off. Yeah. And it worked, but they don't give it enough time in this until the shit hits the fan to see if it'll work. No, and I think it wasn't working, and that's why what happens happens. I think it yeah. slowed it down. Yeah, because I think that too, because of what he does later, I know we'll get there. The, but- and the only time it worked in like the zombie lore, of like if you, if you, if you do everything by the Romero book of zombie... I, I sound like a, a freaking zombie elitist right now, but like <laughs> no, I know exactly what you mean. But, but the classics. only the only time it's they, they portrayed it as working was on The Walking Dead with Herschel. Yeah. Every other time where it's been a bite in the arm, a bite in the leg, and they hack it off and they cauterize it, that person's always turned. And I think besides The Walking Dead, they they do that because here later on after this happens, Miguel still looks like he has the fever that overtakes your body. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I think it just slowed it down. Yeah. I think it's because Herschel was just so wholesome and he was such an amazing character. (laughs) They're like, we can't kill Herschel. Not yet. Everyone still likes the show. Wait until everyone hates it to kill him. But the military shows up because steel saw him get bit and everything. And the chopper crew pulls their guns and we have a standoff here. Well, Rhodes has the because it's the standoff, and Rhodes has the great line of "that would be doing him a favor." Do you think he wants to turn into one of those things? And also, he's like insinuating that Sarah's going to have sex with his like corpse. Yeah, it's <laughs> maybe, maybe some of us can get a turn. It's it's not good. Um, this is the second Jesus Mary and Joseph out of Bill McDermott's mouth. 
Am I correct? Did you count them this time? Yes, I, you were going I, to? I counted them because, okay, so we, me and Greg have a friend named Steph. And when we were in high school, we were obsessed with horror movies. And this was one of them. And for some reason, I don't know why. And Greg brought up a good point when I brought this up to him. Bill doesn't have a lot of lines in the movie, and it seems like there's a good ratio of other lines to Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. But for some reason, we always thought like he said a line, and then Jesus, Mary, and Joseph right afterwards. <laughs> like we would, we'd walk around, we'd see awkward shit happening around us. We'd look at each other and be like, "Jesus, Mary, and Joseph," and, like fake taking a swig out of a flask. <laughs> like, so like, yeah, this is only the second time it's used in the movie. <laughs> It not not nearly as many as you were thinking. No, <laughs> I thought it was every other one. <laughs> this... Yeah, so the guns are pulled on each other. We have the standoff, and they finally leave, but not after. You're not getting anything else from us anymore, and all this kind of stuff. They take off, and I love this. Like Sarah held it together, was badass this whole time. The second they leave, she finally breaks down, like she was holding it back the whole time. Yeah, well, think about all that's happened to her within like ten minutes. Of her boyfriend gets bitten. It runs away from her. She has to chase him down. She has to cut off the uh, cut off his arm. Then cauterize it. He's screaming. Now here comes who does she hate more than Rhodes in the military in this movie? No one. So here comes the worst people in your world right now, shoving guns in your face. Now you're in a standoff, still wondering is he going to live or die? He's still just laying there in the dirt. You just smelled his burning flesh up through your nose. Watched, heard his blood curdling screams, and the life almost leave, the life leaving his eyes because he he passes out from the pain. She smells his burning flesh. It's like I could really go for a pork chop right now. <laughs> this the the last two scenes here with the the pen and then the standoff really remind like Steel. Like you guys think Steel should have been John Goodman, but it's these last two scenes here that I feel like Steel. Should have been Jesse the Body Ventura. Because it reminds me a lot of his his role in another horror movie that he was in. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Featuring Arnold Schwarzenegger called Predator. Oh. I was gonna. I was even going to ask. I was like, which one's that one? <laughs> Who's Jesse the Body? Which one is that one? I don't have time to bleed. This will um, make you a sexual tyrannosaurus. Is he the one that was the uh, governor? Yes. yes. Okay. Well, one of the people in Predator that was a governor, yes. <laughs> okay. But they leave and everything. Bill and Sarah are going to go back to the lab for supplies, and they go, and I love when we cut back to the lab here, because this is where Dr. Frankenstein is playing music for Bub, and oh. he's showing him how to turn the player on and off. I love this scene so much, when the music first comes on the headphones and everything. I don't know what the song's called, but it's like the perfect song, because it's that like, ah, 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 ah. Song and Bob is looking like he's like feeling extremely motivated at this point. Like, I can do anything. Like, the universe is exploding. It's the opening scene to 2001 A Space Odyssey, and the chimps are <laughs> beating shit with rocks. <laughs> I, I always feel like he like starts like conducting and then he puts his arms back down. Like, there's a split second where like he's picking his arms up, going like the touch. The headphones, and as he's putting them back down, like he starts conducting, and then he just drops them. I thought he was just like full of joy and like almost yeah. shaking, like no. hearing the music. And then it's the great thing because Doctor Frankenstein like shows his finger and turns it off, and Bub's like, <laughs> he holds his finger up to his face, and, like waggles it around, so he oh. follows his finger and everything. 
There's also a great little tiny thing right there before all that happened too, where Frankenstein goes to adjust his headset and Bub for half a minute is like, wait a minute, food. You smell good, yeah. And then like Frankenstein looks at him almost like heartbroken in a way. He's not scared. It's almost like, Bub, it's me. And Bub's just like, oh yeah. Yeah, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, before that, we had because Sarah and Bill came back to the facility to get morphine for Miguel, and so they go to the combined lab. They're all combined lab, not the special like side room for Bub, but like where they're all doing research together. Fish, her, and Frankenstein, and uh, like we see a zombie baby for the first yes. time in the series, and Bill's like Jesus. And like he instantly like just starts chugging whatever liquor he has in his glass. <laughs> this is where they start like because then they play um Doctor Frankenstein's tape where he's talking about what is it something with his mother and stuff like he's having mommy issues with the zombies. So I feel like he's losing his mind slowly too. Oh, yeah. That he's develop he's developing like almost like um oh like being codependent with him or something. Uh, Norman Bates like. Uh. He's the like because he, he, he there's three different types of voices in that message and especially when you read it with um you watch it with subtitles mm-hmm. it's like um it's it's Logan and then it's man number two but it's his voice too so it's like Logan arguing with his father and then he switches into his mother okay and then he starts yelling at his mother mother I did what you asked me like yeah it's yeah it, he's splitting into three different personalities mother why why the blood <laughs> the blood. That's where we get the animated uh, Greg Nicotero's head on the table, just running its jaw oh. back and forth. Yeah, and that's the great when they're like, I think we should get out of here and take that helicopter before someone else does. Yeah. This turned into like, we're going to grab a few supplies and kind of live down at the Ritz to like, we got to get the fuck out of here. Everyone's going insane. Yep. <laughs> but then we cut to the doctor giving Bub his reward, which is the guts and flesh of the guys who were just killed downstairs. Yeah, because isn't it? Uh, they're like, "What is that?" And then it's just like, "Oh my god!" And they're like, both of them are horrified. And then, of course, here comes Rhodes. They, yeah, Sarah turns right in the Rhodes, and Rhodes is like, "What the fuck is that? What the fuck is he giving him?" And like, he, he's like, "Bye bye, Bob. Have a good night." And he turns right in the Rhodes. He's like, "What are you feeding him?" And takes them to the bodies. Like, you could have lied and said anything. You could have been like, I'm giving them these cadavers over here that are just random zombies. They eat it. Rhodes is not going to know. There's no point that Dr. Frankenstein's going to be like, well, I'm feeding him your men right here, Mr. I'm taking the military way too seriously still in the zombie apocalypse. And he's going to react well. Yeah. He doesn't. He, of course, just lights up the doctor, shoots him way too many times. Yeah, um, there was definitely not that many bullets in that magazine. Yeah, I'll <laughs> take it, though. Great squibs. And then you get the classic, Those are my fucking men! Those are my fuck, not your my. Take their guns! Take all their fucking guns! All of them! All their guns! My fucking men! <laughs> They take all their guns, they walk him back to the Ritz, and they make John turn in his guns. He does, he was not going to, and then they shoot Fisher right in the fucking head, he's dead. So that's when he turns his over, so he doesn't do it to the rest of them. It's so great to show how cold Rhodes is now. Of like, he doesn't even see these scientists or any of these other people as people. It's just like, 
Whatever I need to do to make my way happen, I'm going to shoot him in the head. I don't care. Gets his gun. They get his machete. They put Bill and Sarah in the pen, and they're going to make uh, John fly him out of there. He's like, I'm not going to do that no matter what. Still beat him up a little bit. Change his mind. One, look, why are you going for the head, dude? This guy's yeah. going to be flying a helicopter with all you in it. Maybe exactly. if you're going to do this, like punch him in the stomach or something. I feel like the head is a really bad place to beat up your pilot. Yeah. So in my notes, I don't know if it's when they kill Logan or if it's like in this part where they're putting uh, Sarah and Bill in the in the, the pen. Um, but Jesus, Mary, and Joseph for the third time. <laughs> third, third and final time. <laughs> Only three. Only three, but for some reason in my mind, back in 2009, <laughs> I thought it was every other every other line from Bill McDermott. <laughs> so there's a lot going on right here, because they put Bill and Sarah in the pen, and this is also where Miguel starts doing his plan. He goes to the elevator, the big platform elevator, and Bub's freeing himself. So everything's happening right at once. Bub finally gets his chain off, he's free to walk around a little bit, and then... John, like in some of the confusion, I guess, for a moment, knocks out Rhodes and takes his gun, and he goes in after Sarah and Bill to help them. There, there's a moment when he does that where he's holding both – he's standing in, in over – he's standing over Rhodes with both pistols on his face, and he's like – he's ready to cock the hammers back and pull both triggers and just end it. And then he hears – um he hears Bill and Sarah in the, like, mine shaft back through past the pen – like fighting for their lives, so he just takes off into there. Yeah, with with the gun, with the two pistols and the machete. Oh, because it's it's great when Rhodes wakes up and he immediately he's like, "Oh no, my badass cool guy guns are gone." Yep. <laughs> I would also like to ask, where in Florida is this mine? It's not well, in Florida. No, this is. <laughs> I know, but it's it's based in Florida. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's. I think it was an underground nuclear silo. Oh, yeah, you know, you're right when they show up. But, yes, it looks very much like what you would find in our state. I'm like, this yeah. doesn't look like Florida at all. I don't even think they have basements. <laughs> I I want to say this facility was still open up until a couple years ago. That they uh, I'd be cool to see it. Well, is this also, too, where, like, okay, Bub is free now. So he's wandering yes. around. He walks up to uh, Dr. Logan Frankenstein. He's like, huh, like, showing him the chain, almost proud of, like, look what I did. No, I'm, no. I'm free. I think it was dad. Like, he's, like, looking at Logan as, like, his, like, dad or, like, whatever. Like, help me. And he's like, I, 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 I didn't mean to do this. Like, fix it. Like, like put me back. I, I didn't mean to. Don't be disappointed in me. And have you? I've never thought in a million years I would feel so sad for a zombie. Yes. When he sees oh that yeah. Logan is dead, and it's like, huh, huh, like you said, like dad. It's like, wait a minute, something's wrong. And then the zombie cries. Dude, I'm legit getting emotional at this point when I'm watching it. I'm yeah. like, why am I this sad about this? Like, I should um, not be like on the verge of crying about a zombie finding a scientist de- dead. <laughs> Yeah, like every time Bub gets like, he starts swinging the, swinging the chains, beating it off the doorway. Like, yeah, I I get a little bit of a welling up inside me, and I'm like, Rob, it's a zombie. Yeah, <laughs> this is so great because Bub's pissed now, and he turns around and he sees the handguns laying on the ground. He's like, I know what these are. These ones have the bang bangs part. <laughs> um. Meanwhile, back in the pen, Bill's defending him and Sarah with a shovel. He does an he does an awesome kill with the shovel through uh, an open mouth of a zombie. 
he like picks it off and it like rolls and then they run away. And as they're running away in the background, the zombie's heads in the forefront upside down and the eyes are still moving back and forth in it. I love Second it. zombie I feel bad for in this movie because it's not even like they killed the zombie. It's just the top <laughs> of a head now to lay there forever until it finally just rots away and dies naturally how zombies, I guess, do. And then the next zombie hit happens and he like, he like, <laughs> he barks. <laughs> Yeah, this is fucking Tim Allen. And then, and then he picks up his he picks up his flask, and he goes to take a drink of it. And like, it's like the most disappointing look on his face in the entire movie. He's like, "Shit, I'm out." And he like he like don't he like he like is like looking to try to get like the last like drop out of it, holding it upside down, shaking it. And remember, while this is all going on, Miguel's plan has come into full effect. He's gone up the elevator. He goes and he breaks the chains, keeping all the zombies out, and then goes back and lays on the platform. And they all start swarming after him. There's a metric fuck ton of zombies on this platform with him. Yeah. They start biting him. He's in extreme pain. And then he clicks the elevator down. When they heard the elevator going up, by the way, that's why Rhodes is on his own. Because Steel and Rickles go running after the elevator, and the controls to bring it down from the inside are ripped out. And I love Steel <laughs> yelling at Rickles to fix it. He goes, fix what? There's nothing there! And he's like, shaking the book around. He's yeah, like, Rickles. I don't know, it's in here! Yeah, Rickles is like, you can fix it, it's in here! It's in right here! Ah! It's in here! Still, it's in here! Ah! <laughs> this is also where this group of um, zombies that are coming down on the giant elevator thing this is where we get clown zombie there's football zombie there's bride zombie cheerleader zombie again this is where all the zombies start coming down i love Rhodes takes off in a go-kart yeah (laughs) go-karts i know that's how they get around but just looks ridiculous (laughs) in this moment and there's zombies pouring in i love when it lands and you see them all coming off that platform i love the one zombie takes a step too soon and falls and then the rest of them get off orderly like you're supposed to. That dude got hurt. I bet. Yeah, he actually. Yeah, he got hurt. And and it's and it's 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 not funny because they only got paid a dollar to be an extra day. Oh, yeah, they got a dollar. They got and, a hat. Was a hat? Said, yeah. I was a zombie in Day of the Dead, and they got one of the the uh, Dead Walk newspapers. Yeah, yeah, that that was it. Yes. Imagine being like. Super hype and like, oh, I'm gonna make this look good. And you step and you fall and then you like, he broke a limb or something. I think. Like, you know what? Which zombie are we talking about now? Who's the one that everyone saw in that moment? (laughs) But like, he he doesn't capitalize on it. Like, yeah, I'm the zombie that broke. I'm the dude, the zombie that fell off the platform. Well, don't let them know because they'll be charging fifty dollars at the (laughs) con and selling it, selling the the broken arm X-rays with an autograph. (laughs) (laughs) But. So all the zombies are pouring in, and the ones from the pen have been let loose now, too. So they're pouring in from both sides. I love that you can tell the difference between the pen zombies and the outside zombies, too. Because the pen ones are all covered in dirt and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rickles goes down first, and this is what I was talking about with the, the vocal cords. How are you saying? How is he still talking? They pay so much attention to the vocal cords here, because we get this awesome head rip where they just rip his head oh, off. That's, um... Oh, not Rickles. Other guy. But still, nah. one of the military guys. Yeah, um, off. Yeah, I can't. Not Torres. One. Of the, yeah, one of the other guys though. Yeah, but, but still yeah. great because his vocal cords. He's screaming as his head's pulled off, mm-hmm. and his voice pitch changes as you see his vocal cords stretching. I'm like, that's genius. Why has no one ever done that before? 
That's just Savini just salivating, being like, I can do whatever I want. George just said, had fun. Have fun with this. So I want to make the high-pitched vocal cord scream happened. I like the picture. That's the scene that was in George Romero's head when he goes, I'll do it for half if we can do it unrated. That's yeah. the scene the picture he was thinking of. Well, that and the one later. Uh, and the the cool thing is, like, the, the zombie, like, gouges the guy's eyes out as he's pulling the head off. So, like, you have that plus the, the neck just, like, pulling apart and, like, the vocal cords and all the tendons and all the skin just snapping slowly and, like, ripping. And then the entire time as the zombie's pulling away, his mouth is just going back and forth because he's still screaming. Yeah. So, so good. Then, then Rickles gets his eye ripped up, rip, and he's torn apart. And then... Steele's made it to where Rhodes is gone, but he locked the door behind him. He shoots the lock off too and many runs bullets. in after him. But he shoots one too many bullets out of the clip, but still has enough bullets to shoot the door <laughs> while a random guitar solo starts up. In the yeah, background. the music's great. <laughs> <laughs> he goes in, but the horde follows him through the now unlocked door. Um, he's in the hallway, and Bub takes a shot at him. He hides in another room. He's like, come on, Bub. And he's he has his gun pointed at the silhouette outside the door. He's going to kill Bub if it's the last thing he does. But he turns around, and there's a bunch of other zombies in there, and they get him. Yeah, and they came through the back door of the uh, the office area. This is a behind-the-scenes thing that I saw of um, the actor playing Steel. Like, originally, he was just supposed to shoot himself, I believe. But he's like, well, I want to make sure that the audience knows that deep down, Steel's a good guy. So he does, like, the cross thing and then shoots himself. It's like, just because you do that doesn't mean now I forgive everything you did throughout the entire movie. Almost killing people in cold blood backing roads throughout all of his stuff. Oh, you did the cross thingy? Oh, yeah, you're a good guy. Counterpoint, he's racist. Exactly! (laughs) When he does that, come on, Bob, he does it like, he does it trying to sound like Logan. Oh. Oh, that makes sense. Good call. But yeah, that's where then he shoots himself, and it is a cool like, he shoots himself in the head and it's the cool, like, brain explode out by behind him and he like slumps over it looks falls, really awesome he falls into the holding area of the two zombies earlier the one that got punished from the light getting shot off on him yeah and now he can sit in there and think about what he's done yes john finds the other two in the pen and they find an exit and they start climbing the ladder up of course you know people climbing a ladder in a zombie movie once someone's getting their leg caught but they do but they free themselves they make it up there's there's a zombie that john kills in the in the pen in that pen area when he's running to get to them he he shoots it it's a it's a woman zombie he shoots it right in the head and she like she's facing him and then she turns to the turns to the hard camera and it's like blood and then pus out of the bullet yeah. wound and it makes me vomit almost every single time also when the other two get guns i love that they just pump a thousand rounds into the three <laughs> zombies in front yeah. of them Oh, they're just doing action movie stance, too. They're not aiming. It's down at their waist. They're just like... They're sweeping. Yeah. Uh, I love all the zombie in, like, the cave stuff when it's all dark and it's very atmospheric. And it's legit scary being in there or seeing them in there and whatnot because you don't know where they're going to be coming out of because randomly zombies just pop out of nowhere. Yeah. Like when, like earlier in the scene where um, Sarah gets the shovel, 
yeah. Bill picks up and uses uses to defend them. Like she's reaching for it, and she's like, "Bill's like, it looks like a collapsed uh, tunnel." And she's like, "Yeah," and she like goes to reach the and like a zombie's hand comes up through the collapsed ground that the shovel's laying on, like tries to grab her. Yeah. So, so who knows how many are buried under there? Yeah. But they climb out, and now we have another good, bad, and ugly standoff between Rhodes and Bub in the hallway. <laughs> and Bub shoots, misses, and but then he gets him. Then Rhodes starts running away, and he gets shot again. But he limps over to the door. He makes it, opens it up, and Come the whole horde's in there. Come on! For being a, uh, a captain in the military, that motherfucker really sucked at putting... Uh, a magazine and an AR-15. Yeah, he had two of them and dropped them both. It's like a zombie that can't hit you. He's already taken two shots at you. Like, all you have to do is keep moving and you'll get the clip in and then you can shoot at him. Like, come on, dude. <laughs> I love it so much because the horde's getting him. Bub shoots him again and gets like, uh, thank, yes, sir, fuck you, sir, style salute to him yeah. as he's going down. And oh, it's that- great, because the zombies, this was, like, one of my favorite, like, zombie kills. Not a zombie getting killed, but a zombie killing a person is Rose getting killed, because they dig into his guts, and they pull his legs off, like, his entire, like, lower torso, and he's just laying there, like, blood coming out of his mouth, shaking, just, choke on him! Choke on him! As he dies. Choke on him! And and his his voice does the the thing from the guy earlier with the scream. Yeah, the voice modulation as it's getting pulled, so yeah. good. And then we just get all these shots of all the zombies now over on the facility uh-huh. eating and like fighting over bits of food and everything. And it's like I don't even know. I don't remember if the music's really like subtle or it's just quiet here. I don't remember, but it's so good. I love these sweeping shots of the facility yeah. now. The um. The music's very like it's like classic. Like it's not. It's modern classic zombie like background music. It's like, it's like background goblin. Yeah, it's it's like Resident Evil, the video game. Like when you're in the laboratory areas, it's that. Like they took that and put that in the video game. Like that's what the music is, and it's just that classic Romero zombie feasting scene. Well, it's almost like movie. it sounds almost like sci-fi esque. Yeah. <laughs> then our three survivors are running to the helicopter. They get on Sarah's last to get there. I mean, Sarah's first to get there. Zombie and there scares her. Quick cutaway. Then wakes up on the island. Everything's okay. Bill but... hates seagulls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> John's fishing. Bill's freaking out about the seagulls around him, trying to enjoy his booze. Now, Rob, I know you know cars. Do you know helicopters? No, I don't know. Okay, because I was wondering, how far can they go with this helicopter with the amount of fuel that they have? They're in Florida. Yeah, but, like, shouldn't you be flying around more trying to be like, well, let's find, like, a compound or something? Not like, oh, let's just stop on the beach and, like, uh, like we we could fish. John's like, we did it your way, damn it. We're going with my plan now. We're going to the beach. I'm sitting well, on this goddamn beach. I don't care if it kills us. If you remember, 
Um, he in the beginning of the movie, the scene where they're talking, they're at the meeting where they're talking like, "Where did you go? What did you all see?" They're like, "We went 100 miles up the coast, and then we came back this way and went 100 miles down the coast." So that was 300, 400 miles of travel on yeah. whatever tank of gas they had True. then before they filled up. So who knows? They could have been on some <laughs> island off of Cuba. True. Yeah. Yeah, because they talk about finding an island and whatnot. So, I, and that's that's. That's another throwback besides, like, the throwaway line that McDermott has and the one argument about, well, still, if you haven't noticed, all the shopping malls and churches are closed when they talk yeah. about uh, the booze shortage. Oh, also, at one point, we get a very slowed down version of... And I heard it. I was like, yay! And the island, if you remember... um where are you guys going? We're going up. Where are you going? We're going to the island. We think we can make it to the island. Yeah. And it's like, what island are you going from from Philly, bro? <laughs> <laughs> A lot of little callbacks to Dawn of the Dead in this. And then that's credits, and that is Day of the Dead. Holy shit. One of the, the top of the top zombie movies. We, um, we didn't talk about the opening uh, title card. Oh, with the shotgun mouth zombie? Yeah. Yeah, I love that zombie. Any final thoughts before Count of the Dead? Rob? Um, I, um, this is a top five zombie movie of all time oh, for me. Easily. Easily. Yeah. Um, for the longest time, uh, like Brett said, it was his least favorite of the, the original three. This was actually my favorite of the original three for the longest time. Um. I think every actor did an awesome job portraying, portraying their parts, and Romero did a real good job of telling the story the way it was of isolation and so losing your mind and um, total totalitarianism under Lays. And I, but I think this is one of Romero's best directed movies of like how good it is and whatnot. It's too bad after this that like this one flopped, so they wouldn't give him anything again until after Shaun of the Dead did so well and they gave him Land. Yeah, well, he did do a couple in the nineties. Oh yeah, he did but a couple not of like, the dead. Oh yeah, of the like, dead. Lesser ones like this is even um. I believe this is after Creep Show and stuff too. Because yeah, at one point, did you catch the Creep Show zombie? No. Yeah, um, you know the one where it's they drown and they're covered in seaweed. Yeah, that one to, to tag you over. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's one of the zombies from that walks in. It's like he's covered in seaweed for that's, some that's reason. That's the one that first bites Steel. Yeah, Steel starts to die. Yeah. Oh, that's he's, like, awesome. he's got green pus and green algae all over his face and whatnot. Yeah. I was like, Creepshow Zombie! <laughs> Alright, well, let's get into the Count of the Dead. Let's get into the Count of the Dead. Ah, 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 ah. Alright, so I'm with our Count of the Deads. We're tallying up all the deaths in the movie. Typical zombie movie rules apply, where we don't count zombie deaths unless we saw them as a live person first. And if you're turned into a zombie and you get killed again, still only counts as one death. Where do you guys think we got with Day of the Dead? Rob, you go first. I am going to say I I, I counted it up last night watching it, recounted it. Um, I did not go back through and like recount, like rewatch all the death scenes, but I I I I came up with eight. Okay, Brett, what are you thinking? I will go with nine then. 
In a rare turn of events that never happens, the guests missed it by one instead of Brett and Brett got it. It was, it was yes! nine. I see last night when I was counting everything, I thought it was nine, but then I for some reason there was somebody that I was like, No, he was already dead when they got to the facility and I took it away. Ha uh, you, you pulled the Brett this time. I win. <laughs> That's great. Scout of the dead. Ah ah ah. Now we're getting into my ratings from Dimension Z. <laughs> Uh, so basically, that sounds gross. That doesn't sound like better. <laughs> I'll take something from the movie and I'll write the movie one through ten, one being the worst and ten being the best. And I come up with that thing right now. I'm thinking because of how, um, fuck, uh, who is it? Uh, John keeps talking about he wants to go to the beach. He wants to find an island. That's like his perfect zombie getaway area. So it's going to be the where you're going to escape to in the zombie apocalypse. Okay. This makes much more sense than I'm used to. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Well, I, it's this one actually kind of did make a little bit more sense to me, and I didn't have to think about it for too long. It's the ones I have to keep thinking about and thinking about that I come up with the weird ones. Um. So number one version of where you don't want to be at the zombie apocalypse to go to escape the worst version. Um. You gotta think, I mean, and a lot of times, probably uh, at the beginning, anytime you're around the military, you know, they're going to be where, like, the hot zones are, and for some reason in so many zombie movies, they're like, Tent City is, like, right there beside the military where all the action is going on. It's like, don't be by them. And eventually, like, they get an order and they just mow down everyone in front of them. Exactly. Yep. Uh, could, could, uh fuck what is it uh contain the contamination and it just like mows and kills everybody yeah um i'm trying to think of like what the perfect number one would be no i'm gonna be like elon musk's house because you think he's a he's like extremely rich and a lot of people don't like him. So you would have to think that that house is locked down tight and it's hard as fuck to get in there. So if a normal person can't like figure their way in there easily, a zombie is not getting in there. Go to like the 50th floor or whatever down into the basement and just hide out. <laughs> I now own Twitter. I'm going to I'm going to argue with that. That might not be such a great idea. Why? Resident Evil the Hive. I don't know Resident Evil. Oh. I don't know Vigi Games. I don't know these Pac-Mans. Not a good idea. Um, I'm going to go... I'm, Day of the Dead gets a 10 out of a 10. If we if this was Razor Show, it would get a 13 out of 13. <laughs> like, I love this movie so much. Every time I get to rewatch it again, it's always a joy. Like... It's just so much fun. I love the Romero original trilogy. Rob? Oh, I don't like being put on the spot. Um, I didn't give it a pre-rating because I didn't know what Brett was going to rate it. With. <laughs> um, so I would say that I... Uh, ooh, it's almost a perfect. I would give it like a 9.5, a 9.8. Um, well, you can go it, nine or nine five. None of this nine eight business. Oh, jeez. Okay, sorry. Jamie Noble got nine eights. I know um, he did. <laughs> uh, uh, we'll go with a nine five. So this is 
a facility deep in the Appalachian Mountains, one road in, one road out, plenty of woods, plenty of wooden barricades, a lot of good old boys with their their AR-15s and stuff protecting you, keeping the zombies away. So you keep talking about good old boys and Appalachia and shit, this is going to drop down in my ratings. (laughs) They're like, oh yeah, the way they fucking redneck West Virginia people, fucking a two. <laughs> All right, I went a nine places you would go out of ten, so I'd say like in Zombieland, the Bill Murray house. I'm going oh, yeah. nine out of ten. Ooh, that is a good one. And yeah, that concludes Day of the Dead. Rob, you wanna you wanna drop the podcast? Oh, so yeah, um, you can check out um, Audio Anxiety. Uh, we're unfortunately a spot. Well, I. Not really, unfortunately. It's just how the show works. Uh, we're a Spotify-exclusive podcast. We do album reviews. Me and my co-host, uh, Devin B. The Flash. Um, every Wednesday, well, every Thursday now. It was every Wednesday. but um, Or when we feel like it, when I'm not having issues with my head. Um, uh, yeah, uh, you can find us on Facebook, Audio Anxiety. You can find us on Twitter, Audio Anxiety RS is the handle. Check us out on Spotify, Audio Anxiety. Um, send us some suggestions for album reviews. We do, um, right so far, we've done a lot of nostalgia. Like, um, next one will be Fallout Boy um, be before this episode's aired. So go back and check that out. We've done uh, Ice Nine Kills, Welcome to Horrorwood, um, Atrey used uh, Crimson. Uh, well, Curse and Elkline Trius Crimson. We've done a lot of lot of early 2000s, mid-2000s, uh, punk and emo and metal and metalcore. And some classic punks like uh, Brett's recommendation yeah. to uh, uh, the Dams Machine Gun Etiquette. Um, it's for you. It's a little song. Uh, it's Greg for has, you. Greg has to uh, NoFX's. Well, we did NoFX's uh, War on Errorism in honor of NoFX for Greg. So uh, yeah, come check us out. Uh, leave us or leave us some comments. Let us know what you want to hear, and uh, we'll get back to you. Alrighty, that's all I got. I think. All right. Well, yeah. Uh, Happy New Year. This is our last episode of the year, so we fucking got oh, through 2022. 2023 is going to be completely different, right, guys? <laughs> Stop Wait, I don't care, dude. We've shattered our record for episodes released in a year in 2020. We'll talk. We have a bonus dropping tomorrow for you guys if you want to talk end of the year wrap up. Oh yeah, and there's I will another get... one coming out. This yeah. is our last review of the year, though. We'll be coming back next week in the new year with a brand new review. We got our 2022 wrap-up coming out tomorrow. I can't wait to talk about it. I have a short clip that I'm featured on there, and I'm going to get a lot of hate for it. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, Rob, for coming on, and we oh, hope it's... that your uh, Day of the Dead has left your brain throbbing with horror. Ah, uh, it seems you've survived another fright. Be sure to look for the Throbbing with Horror Pumpkin on all of your favorite social medias and local newspaper headlines. Rate us five stars on your favorite podcast platform, or else. Subscribe for more tantalizing terror, and be ready for the new fear next week, if you dare.